Hi, I'm Rick Anthony, and welcome to the Someone You Should Know podcast, the podcast that focuses on musicians, authors, and interesting people. We like to say we're making a difference one artist at a time. So sit back, have a cold one, and get ready to meet someone you should know. Now, today's podcast guest is a published author who hails from the Garden State of New Jersey. What's truly interesting about her is she writes both children's books and graphic novels. <laughs> Will you please welcome the lovely Tootsie Baron. Tootsie, how are you doing, hon? I'm just fine, sweetheart, and I'm so glad to be on your show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you. I'm glad you, well, you're out on today. Now, let's talk about the fact that you being a writer, when did your journey start to be an author? Was it something that you did as a child or something that you developed in your teens, 20s? Where did that come from? Well, I would probably say it's, uh, it, it developed uh, when I was about seven years old. Um, I took my first shot at writing a poem. Which, by the way, of all the venues I write in, and I write all of them, including a song I have written, which I'm about to put up for sale. Really? I Poetry is actually my favorite. Oh, so good. <laughs> I write everything, but poetry is my favorite. I believe I wrote my first poem for my father for Father's Day when I was about seven years old. Oh, wonderful. And then as years went on, uh, I was an English major for a short time until my life it took me in a different direction. And I always wanted to write. And it, I had a few setbacks. Uh, for instance, my husband got Alzheimer's. I took care of him. But while he was still for many years, uh, Fanny died in my arms, as, oh, as he should have. I'm sorry, hon. And... Um, uh, before, while he was still very lucid, uh, he said to me, after I am gone, because he had already gotten it, the doctor told him right to his face, you have Alzheimer's. That didn't go over too well. <laughs> and But he said to me, after I'm gone, pick up the pen and fulfill your destiny. Wow, that is that, that's special. When did this happen? When, when did you lose your husband? And once again, our condolences on losing your husband. Oh, well, I lost my husband. Uh, it's going, it's uh, over 14 and a half years ago. Uh, is it really? Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and he, he, of course, was in the last stages of Alzheimer's when, when he died in my arms. But, mm-hmm. but when he took pick up the pen, that, that was about five years before that. Five years before that. Uh, uh, however, when he passed away, uh, he was uh, the love of my life. And, it took me three years to get oh, before I could even ever think about picking up a pen. Right. Uh, five every night for a few minutes uh-huh. until I got. But when I did recover three years later, that is in fact when I picked up the pen mm-hmm. and I got started. <laughs> and I wrote the children's book first. Right. I can see the rainbow. Right now, that particular book was inspired because of the loss of your of your dog. You lost your husband, then you lost your your pet, and this That's right. this book was written from a child's perspective on letting yes. the, letting them know that your your pet has gone to a better place. Uh, can you can you, with without giving away too much without giving away too much? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, uh, I got to thinking with all the loss I suffered. Uh, the loss of my papillon, and in fact, I had two papillons. Mm. I lost both of them. Oh my goodness! And within, and my husband prior to that, uh, and I got to thinking to myself when I lost my boy, 
uh, as I called them, uh, my little princes, mm-hmm. uh, just how tough that was on me. And I got to thinking, what is it like for a child who has had a pet, a family pet, and you know our family pets, they're more like family. Oh, yeah, pets. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I could speak for the cat that just walked across the board. <laughs> They own us. Which face it? They own us. Oh, this, <laughs> and, this cat got me up at four o'clock this morning too, uh, uh, Tootsie. Just you know, so go ahead with your book. What you talking about the book there, darling? I, I, I gave it some thought, and I and I said to myself, I've got to do something about this. Uh, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to write it, and I'm going to let my my papillon, uh, Boy Scout. It's it's the story of my second papillon, Boy Scout, and. I'm going to let him do the talking. Oh, wonderful! Which he does. I don't do the talking in that in that in that book. He does, and he's going to show them that he's okay. What it's like to have been loved by the right people. That's that's the point I'm making. He's showing the love. He's telling them how much they love us. It's always about how much we love our pets. Mm -hmm. But really, go inside the other way around. It is the other way around. Well, then they love us just as much, if not more. What are they feeling? Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted the children to see. And that's why it got the great review that it did get. Because it's a tough subject to, to introduce young children into the subject of death, which is a part of life, and they have to, and they will learn it sooner or later. And that's why I wanted the the puppy to do it. And it was to introduce them, let them know that when they cross over, it's okay. They're going to go to a beautiful place, and I wanted them to see that. And if you read the result, the review I got, the reviews I got on that book. They're better than sugar paper. <laughs> they said the way I get with the children couldn't have been any better because that's especially because it's in repetition line. That's how children learn in school. Repetition. Yep. They learn by saying over and the young ones mm-hmm. over and over again. And as I said, and I can see the rainbow bridge. It was perfect for the children, and it got, it really did get great reviews. Awesome. So, Very good. Have you heard from teachers and what they thought of it? Yeah. Well, that included, uh, the, uh, yes, I have heard from teachers, and and I've heard from mothers of students that heard from the teachers, and uh, they, they they thought it was done the way it should have been done. Wonderful. That, that subject, and... Uh, I've, I've never heard one negative negative about I can see the rainbow bridge. Very good, very good. Now, your writing process, uh, when you're a creative person, I'm a creative person, you're a creative person, do you have any specific rituals or routines or a space that you like to go to when you write? Or does it just flow f- flow directly from wherever the ether into you? Uh, well, no, I have, a, I have a bit of a routine. I like to write... Um, Late afternoon, early evening. Okay. Well, favorite time to write. Uh, I I always write from home. Almost always write from home because this because like most authors, 
I'm pretty much a recluse. Uh-huh. This is where I stay. <laughs> and I write, uh, I write from my bedroom. I sit up on the bed and I'm very comfortable. And this is where I write. Now I can, I can have the TV on and I can listen to the TV and write it simultaneously. It doesn't interfere. Well, I can't do that. That's one thing I cannot do is I cannot have an outside source when I'm, when I'm writing something. Uh, I, I want to stay focused on what I'm writing because I, I'm, let's say I'm not the most grammatic person. I, th- I thank God for some of this artificial intelligence that says, no, I think that's a preposition. You shouldn't be doing it like that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think I forgot some of the stuff that I learned in school there, uh, Tootsie. <laughs> But it's mostly, uh, you know, I uh, I love what I do, and uh, I always I was going to write. Sugar paper was my destiny mm-hmm. that I would write paper. I was born and raised in Jersey City. I grew up with a bunch of wise guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wise guys, my life. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think I was married to two of them. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. I wanted, I wanted to ask you the question as far as you've got two different books, totally different concepts. You've got the children's book, and you've got a graphic novel. How do you approach storytelling differently when creative content for children versus graphic novels, which are aimed at an adult audience? I don't have a problem with it. Okay. I can, I can go wherever my imagination takes me. Whatever I'm the subject I'm thinking of, I can get go right into it. Okay, and I don't have a problem. Uh, it, it, in fact, uh, my, the sequel to I can see the Rainbow Bridge is it's the continuation, and uh, it's called "Will You Be There When Ooh. I Call to You." Ooh, I think that production this week. Oh, that's going to be out there. In, yeah. in 2024, it'll be out. Wonderful, awesome, awesome, awesome. We'll we'll have to. Uh, you'll have to get back with me on uh, when that comes out, and we'll have to do an update or so. What do you think, huh? I would love that. Okay, yeah. Now, before we continue, I hope you're enjoying the Someone You Should Know podcast. I'd like to uh, say thank you so much for those of you who are listening today, and uh, you can find us on the World Wide Web at Someone You Should Know Podcast dot com. There, you're going to find recent news, archive of past episodes, and a whole lot more. If you happen to be visiting for the very first time, we invite you to leave us a review too. Now, according to Buzzsprout, the service that shares us to all the different podcast platforms, all the streaming platforms, we're very blessed to reach over 1,900 cities in 85 countries around the world and we like to salute a, a couple of them since tootsie is from new jersey here's some from your guest state okay there we go atlantic city bayonne belmar bloomfield uh, bud lake new butler cassville cherry hill clifton east orange and egg harbor just to name a few tootsie just to let you know that some of your friends and neighbors are listening in today too okay there's someone you should know podcast <laughs> there's someone you should know podcast or wherever quality streaming audio is available and we're back to our interview with tootsie baron here and 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 tootsie the 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 more graphic one is called Sugar Paper. It's not for the faint of heart. It's rather graphic where it needs to be. Sometimes downright raunchy what it needs to be, too. Uh, so is this like a literary depiction of The Sopranos or maybe uh, Goodfellas? Or what, what exactly is it? Well, I, I, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I'm a, an aficionado, and I absolutely love anything mobbed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like I said, I, I came from that uh, se- an Italian section in Jersey City. But 
um, in my humble opinion, if you want to really depict what wise guys are really like, good fellows runs away with it. It's the best of the, of them all. And exactly what you see in that movie is exactly the way they are. <laughs> and I know them very well. <laughs> so much so that I was able to write about them. Oh, very good. And I, as you know, I don't know if you're aware, um, before I ever wrote Sugar Paper many years ago, I'm going to go back about oh, over 30 years ago. Oh, my. I did get from The Godfather to write Sugar Paper somewhere in the future. However, it came with two stipulations. I had to wait a minimum of 25 years to write it. And that's pretty much self-explanatory because too many people, uh, even though it's a work of fiction, uh, would identify with themselves. And we could not let that, they would not allow that to happen. Uh, time has to move on. Uh, people die. People go to go to jail. <laughs> people are one way or the other taken out of the business. Uh, they needed that that span, that time in between, because too many people might try to identify with it, even though it's a work of fiction. Right. But my wife always said, I, I, "I like to write a book about things, but I have to wait for all these people to die off." You know, I so I, I so I see your standpoint. You, I have to do that. Yeah. So, so the Godfather. You talked to the Godfather, and he said uh, you had to wait a minimum of twenty five years. What was the other stipulation? Well, and he gave me the blessing. I stood in front of him, and he did give me the blessing, and he had a witness. And the second stipulation was, I could never write one word down. Could not keep a journal. Could not keep notes. Anything I wanted to write would have to come from memory and, of course, be made up. Uh, I had to I had to give him my word on that. Mm-hmm. And, and that is for obvious reasons. If the law had ever come in, if they found those notes, that would have been deemed as evidence. Wow. So uh, that was a total no-no. <laughs> so I, I, I had to I had to swear to that. And, and I did. And I ended up, uh, he, and, and I had to wait a minimum, I, I told you, of 25 years. Uh-huh. I ended up waiting more than that because I took care of a sick husband in between. Right, right. And uh, the dust, you know, settled. I did exactly what he told me. Pick up the pen and fulfill your destiny. You Sugar paper always been my destiny. Wow. And uh, I also wrote the screen. I don't know if you're aware. I wrote the screenplay that goes with it, which is up for sale right now oh, in Hollywood. Wonderful. And it's out. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, wow. That's that's something to look for down, down in the future then. Uh, what Whose viewpoint is the book written from? Uh, from Kiki's. Kiki's viewpoint. She's my heroine. Okay. Uh, there were two characters. Kiki is the heroine. Her godfather, who she calls uncle, mm-hmm. the protagonist. He's the he's the main man, mm-hmm. the main character, and um, she's telling the story, of course, and, and with and again with the blessing, and that's how it all got started. And it, it is a work of fiction. I have to come right out and say that. But like I said, there's, there's people out there that might identify themselves. So that's why it had to take so many years to get it going, oh, you know. 
but has to be accurate, such as all the games, uh, when we get into the sports. Uh, the parts that have to be accurate are 100% accurate. They were researched, uh, and, and they are accurate. What can be fiction is all fiction. Now, uh, Tootsie, the the children's book was directed to kids facing grief of the loss of a pet. Sugar Paper is directed to whom? Well, it's to the same market that if history has taught us one thing, mob movies and mob stories, they make all the money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, when you look at the number one movie of all time is The Godfather. (laughs) Exactly. And, And, you know, it speaks for itself. And, you know, people are fascinated with the mob. What sets this one apart is the fact that it's the only one, to our knowledge, ever been done by a woman. This has never been done by a woman. There you go. That's absolutely right. You think of Mario Puzo, you know. How how does your book compare compare to uh, Mario's? Oh, well, you know, in in my humble opinion, uh, Mario Puzo was just a genius uh, of of an author and a storyteller, mm-hmm. uh, he, he phenomenal, and and he, he brought those characters to life just the just the way they should have been, you know, not too over the top, not too under, and he was very good at what he did, and uh, and and he wrote other other things as well, and he, no matter what he wrote, he was wonderful at. And that's why The Godfather will always be the classic, you know, that it is. (laughs) Once once Hollywood sees your your screenplay, maybe it it might be right up there, too. Well, if if they put their money where their mouth is, and if they mean what they say, Hollywood's been chirping for the last few years. And and right before the pandemic, and then, of course, everybody got stopped. Mm -hmm. But they want more work from women. Because it really, it's a, ma- a male-dominated yeah, uh, profession. It really is. And they want to be more inclusive. Well, I say to all of them out there, stop choping. I've got it. Come and get it. <laughs> Show me the money, <laughs> too, right? <laughs> uh, and it'll be a bucket. Because if, if it does, what they all do, what they're expected to do, the mob movies, and become a blockbuster. Now you're going to be talking about a drop in the bucket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it's time. It's time for a woman to to do something that's no, number one. It's never been done by a woman to anybody's now to our knowledge, and uh, it, it it may very well open the doors for for women to to come in there and do something do something that hasn't been done. And and open the doors for other women. That's that's why my heroine in this book is a woman. For that reason. Awesome, very good. Now, where are the books available at Tootsie? Amazon. I know everybody. I know what it's Barnes and Noble, but but definitely, I was out uh, the other day, and while I was there, I signed one copy. Somebody bought two other copies. 
right in front of me while I was there on Amazon. That's sweet. That's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I will include those down in the show notes so anyone's interested in the children's book or also the graphic novel, they will be down in the show notes so you can get those at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I'll put some links down there. Uh, Tootsie, how about some links to your socials as far as where can we find you if we wanted to find a little bit more about uh, the upcoming book, you know, the the follow-up to I Can See the Rainbow Bridge? Well, okay, I have my own website. It's uh, com. Okay. And all my work is on there, including the reviews of my book that, that's on the site. And I, anything that's coming up will be on the site. And basically, that's, that's just, it's, it, it's, it's, it's my site, but it's about all my work. Up to date as far as telling you what's what's going on. Awesome, very good. And you say the follow up to I can see the Rainbow Bridge is expected in twenty twenty four sometime. Is that correct? Yes. We're speaking with Tootsie Baron. Tootsie, it's been a wonderful journey uh, talking with you today. I hope you had a little fun with it too, and I hope you sell a couple million copies of your books and your uh, screenplay. Uh, thank you so much. That's my goal. And I, I'll never quit trying. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Tootsie. Thanks for being a, the latest uh, a member of our family here at the Someone You Should Know podcast. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Thank you for having me. And I hope to come back uh, real soon. Hi, this is Rick Anthony thanking you again for listening to this episode of Someone You Should Know. Now, if you're an aspiring musician or an established musician that's looking for a little exposure, I invite you to drop us a line at someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. That's someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. Also, I invite you to tell a friend about the Someone You Should Know podcast. I thank you for tuning in this time and I invite you to check us out next time on the Someone You Should Know podcast, because you never know who's going to show up. Until next time, remember, God loves you, and so do I.